<laughs> Cash app only. Worst moderator ever. You can only say that once. <laughs> Why didn't you let the beat keep running? Because then it means I was I'm being consistent. It. I was feeling it. I feel like you guys are getting tired of the beat. It's just like, it's shorter and shorter every week. It, like, it needs to be like I prefer 40 seconds. a different song now. Nah. That's that's our that's our shit. Shout out to the dude in um, <laughs> Indonesia who made that. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm just now. <laughs> no, you knew this. Shout out to Basim, wherever you are. Wait, Basim, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah. You probably told me. And I was just said, uh, oh. Shout out to Fiber. But yeah, man. Welcome to Thursday nights. Wow. Your usual spots for topical takes and tangents. It's touchdowns and tangents. I'm P.D. Camarillo. I'm Kenneth Barry. And of course, we're joined by our lovely supporting cast. To my left, he's he's the audio guy behind the scenes, but he he makes a lot of shit happen. He's already changed a lot of stuff just being here the past what six weeks, uh, seven now I think seven. And he's, he finds a way to always have some type of shirt with a bear on it. <laughs> I'm on you, man. I'm on you. <laughs> I thought I was neutral today. <laughs> I, was, I was like opening day. I'm like, do I rub it in? But who are you? I am Eric Jimenez. Thank you for the intro. And to the far right, she's Long Beach State's finest, um, formerly of a restaurant we won't mention anymore. And her birthday was last week. She didn't want to tell us because I don't know why. It was her birthday and she brought us tacos. Yeah. Shout out to you, Izzy. Thanks. Had to um, bring back what Kenny knew what was good at the CSUN campus a couple years back. Had to bring back the tradition is all. That was a great weekend. I got blackout drunk and Pete bought me like, wait, how many? Uh, oh, man, I got drunk. It was bad. I got so drunk, I stared into a strobe light and got lost. All right, Pete Stovepiper. But yeah, with that, football is fucking back. Holy shit. It's been a month. It's been a week. It's been a fucking year. But... At least we have a blowout on Thursday night that we're used to. You know, above all else, everything else in the world is fucked up. But hey, a trash-ass Thursday night game for us to semi-watch, it's back. And, you know, Big Sean's album dropped. Fucking finally. Holy shit. And everybody forgot about it because the uh, world's burning. Why does outside kind of look mediocre. like his Dark Sky Paradise cover? Right? It's kind of mediocre, but whatever. Oh, At least he gives out. It was so good. It was, it was good so if he didn't make me wait fucking three years. Like, if that was an album in 2018, I would have been like, all right, cool. You spent a solid year on this. Not, A, every fucking week, A, my album's coming. And then, like, six months later, it's like, nah, it's delayed. I was lying. Well, COVID-19 happened, so yeah, I guess he had to get to work, finally. And, yeah. as, and as we talked about on Barely a Tangent on Monday, like, there's a section of Twitter that like kills Big Sean's buzz before his album even comes out. So it was really 
Like it's it's here, but you're gonna find a way to critique it. Like, oh, it took you long enough. But when Drake drops, everybody acts like the fucking world just blew up. Like, oh my god, Drake dropped. Yeah, Scorpion and some of the songs be trash. Exactly. But he got a pass because he like gets a pass, he gets an album. He puts out an album every year. He puts out an album every year. So it's okay. But, but don't go three years between the album and then put out lyrically who's better a seven point five Drake in a one off bat, bat, rap battle to the death one off on the spot who are you taking Big Sean or Drake I want to see Big Sean and Wale do it versus I, you see how he <laughs> and no I wouldn't be the only You're motherfucker to watch all right Kenny so so how did you just like you just gave him an L and said no nah, I'll sacrifice Wale. To Big Sean, because you don't want to sacrifice Big Sean to Drake. I see you. I see you. I've been saying, I've been calling you out for this for years. Man, okay, all right. I mean, Drake. Drake's kind of in the league of his own. I agree with that. Everything he touches, kind of just he takes it to the next level. Yeah, there is like a thread on Twitter of a bunch of people that Drake like featured in his songs, and they like blew up after that. And I thought that was super interesting. Well, think about the weekend. The weekend had like five hundred songs before well, they he even say, popped up. Don't claim, don't claim the weekend. The weekend's bigger than Drake globally, if we're being honest. And he's worth more money. Uh, is he really? And mm, uh, a different kind of he move. He can be in a different bro. Room nobody than heard Drake. about the weekend until Drake. Bro, we're Drake not put gonna the act like on. House. We're not gonna act like House of Balloons wasn't the classic. Okay, but he wasn't. Do you still listen to Wicked Games? Drake. Do you still listen to Wicked Games every once in a while? No, I don't even like the weekend. Wow. So we can't have this conversation. I'd rather listen to Bruno Mars. We wow, we really can't have this conversation. <laughs> I'm glad I'll you take, I'm, I'm glad you weren't here, here Monday because we would have really started a fight. I'll like I'll take. How I'd rather just, listen to Steve Harvey than the weekend. I'd rather Steve wow. Harvey on, the, on Family Feud or like Steve Harvey like, like Steve Harvey preaching like the book like don't let don't, yeah. don't let your girl yeah. your girl shouldn't have sex with yep. you the first three months or six yeah. months or whatever uh-huh. it was. Wow, <laughs> you you like Steve Harvey the like a twice. man? Well, the weekend can't. We know we the weekend can't sing. That's already obvious. But I'm just saying, the weekend. How are you gonna blow up, get clout, and then not be fat anymore? I think that's really where the. I can't wait to I blow up, get clout, and not be fat anymore. I what think are you talking about? I think that's really where my hatred for the weekend. Wait till I lose weight. I'm gonna pretend like I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you is, come that, fucking, is that you, Kenny? <laughs> fuck no, it's not. Who the hell are you? <laughs> now I'm gonna be nicer because, like, once you lose weight and like you're not fat anymore, like you can't be an asshole. Like you can't be a level of asshole that I am while I'm fat. If I get fit, I'll just be a dick. No, nah, like you got a horrible be person. No, if you like, you gotta be super zen. Like that's dick what all you want. But if you get skinny and just scrawny, then no, nah, you got to be a nice guy. No, nah, like yeah, you got to be positive. I slim down and like you got to be a positive yeah. guy. Yeah, I got to become a fucking. You got to meditate and shit. And I don't want to do that. Like I'll do that privately, but I don't want to make that like my whole thing and rebrand. <laughs> like now, nah, I want to <laughs> get these jokes off. <laughs> I want to get these jokes off and make fun of Pete for having a fucking custom Pete Camarillo jersey. Shout out to my little sis Shandria for hooking me up with this for my birthday. Oh, that's cool. Nah. Yeah, not bad. Kenny's just mad because I took the '92. Okay, this out of his wardrobe. Yeah, I mean, I like '93 better. Personally. You were born in '92. I know that's why I'm mad at you because it's like '92 <laughs> is not even the best jersey in the '90s, but it doesn't matter because shout out to Richard Seymour, one of the Raiders people I always forget about. What does he claim being a Raider? I don't know, but he should. Even mm-hmm. though he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because he didn't get enough money, but besides the point. Shots taken. <laughs> but but nevertheless. Shout out to our affiliates. X Squad. Good news sports. Good news radio. Yeah. I feel like is it me? Maybe it's it's the Heineken, but I feel like there's less bass in our voices this week. Yeah, it's been a long week for all of us. <laughs> it has. It, it's been a long test. You guys week. don't even know. You just got to get the, the radio voice back. Just Maybe. Get, and I got like bad news before. I've been dehydrated all, all week, so that's probably why my voice is so dry. And like the air quality is just shit. It's horrible. Crazy. Shout out to Jim Rowe, man. He's one of the only like radio personalities I've heard like actually talk about how he like treats his voice. Also, um, on the 200th episode, which is fast approaching, uh, for touchdowns and tangents, we need to get a uh, like Mexican bingo. witch lady to make us some like voice brew. <laughs> Mexican witch lady, no, <laughs> to make us some <laughs> voice brew. It's, it's like the woman from my first game in LA just yelling out tamales <laughs> at seven in the morning. Tamales, and I'm like, damn, she had a perfect God. pitch. Oh man! Oh, this woman is distinctive. I just remember this over there. Yeah, it's all that good tea she was drinking in the morning. Oh, that God. is true. <laughs> I drank some peppermint honey tea. I've been sleeping on tea for a while. Ginger nice. and chamomile. Indeed, is good for your voice, I guess. Thank you, Supposed Wikipedia. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a very reliable source. Now, Wikipedia. But yeah, man, it's it's been a long week. The world's on fire. Um, just literally, morning. literally, literally. Yeah. California's like has pink eye, but everywhere <laughs> in the sky now it's. And there was a chemical fire in Compton, so they basically said the whole LA area should just stay inside because the air quality was already bad. Now you throw some burning chemicals in there and that you can't well, see. Was it you another, got torrents on a regular day. Was it another gender reveal party over there in Compton? Or? Uh, <laughs> God, no, I just want to know how, like, they had an interview in Woodland Hills, and the only people they managed to interview was, like, five black people, and there's, like, no black people. Wouldn't oh, you're talking about that party? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Woodland Hills is mad expensive to live in. <laughs> like, come on now. Right he said, I just, spent all this, I just spent all this money on my teeth. Like, bro. I'm not wearing a mask. I just spent all this money on my teeth. I was like, fam. <laughs> I know you probably stay in Mid City. <laughs> you stay in Mid City, but you got a Korean town connect that lives like somewhere in the valley, somewhere <laughs> who knows somebody who went to that party, and that's how you showed up. Because that's how we end up meeting everybody we know in LA. We always have that one. The other plug. funny shit that I saw this week: all the Travis Scott burgers. Right? I saw somebody else. Why did he bring the big and tasty? Back? I saw somebody else post a just like a regular ass McDonald's burger. With a pill in it And was like Hey you try this Cactus Jack burger <laughs> the Cactus Jack Deluxe Cactus Jack Deluxe Yeah I was like That's some real life Hard summer shit Oh my Shout God. out to music festivals I miss music I festivals miss them. Miss Yeah them so me much. too I miss getting drunk And being irresponsible At music festivals Around other drunk Irresponsible young people <laughs> just, You just knew you were Drunk much- around other people <laughs> True, true. That you're not that you're not like serving. Besides those ones, you don't want to. You're you're, you're cut off. You're like, oh, those are my imagination. Just like straight up 
Street Fighter. Are you okay? <laughs> it's like, can't pop off. Just, uh, then you wake up. And I'm like, finishing your bottle again. of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Take that shit home to me. Oh, man, that's wild. You could start taking home bottles of wine at certain restaurants at the end of the night for yeah. the crew. Wait, oh, no, well, that well, was really a thing? Uh, well, you, if you don't finish your wine, you can take it home. You just got to cork it. You're just not able to. No, like if you work there, like if oh. people don't finish their wine, like so we drinking this on the Lolo. When I was eighteen and I worked in an Italian <laughs> restaurant, they'd always offer me like beer, wine, all. That. But like I was eighteen, I was working, I had to drive. I didn't know any better, but I was like, ne- but now I'm like, fuck, I should have been drinking all that shit. Oh man, I'm when I was good stuff, when I was nineteen years old. I t- my, the bartender gave me his ID to go out in Albuquerque, and then it was kind of funny. We got in a fight, and the cops had to like get us. And I'm, I'm blacked out, drunk, and um, apparently, like I said something to a cop, and he put me in handcuffs. And my buddies come up to like st- stick up for me, and they're like, "You, Mister Trejo, whatever." He's like, "You still love this address?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, "Why am I in handcuffs?" It's like, "Well, you just hit somebody, and somebody hit you." I was like, "Oh, did I hit him good?" But luckily, those guys ran off, so I didn't get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Oh, we'll, good old 505. We'll, we'll call it a push. <laughs> hey, I didn't go to jail for being underage and with a big ID. That's a win. In New Mexico, yes. Yes. Because, like, what else is there to do that night? Like, uh, they I'll have tell you guys my story you. in about two years when the Statue of Liberty is <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was I there? <laughs> no, nah, this is before I even knew you. Okay, I'm going to say, because if I was there, you got to have, like, an extra five years. The weird thing is, though, when I had a fake ID, I got it checked less now than I do when I have a real ID. Really? Like, when I go to Total Wine, they're like, uh, I don't know. Let me call a supervisor. I'm like, bro, I've been coming here since I was 18. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Be like that. With that, though, we should talk about football since, you know, it's fucking week one. Holy shit. I mean, I saw, like, a tailgate uh, the night before of, like, a Bills fan putting a Bears fan through a table. Wow. On Twitter. That's I think cool. I retweeted it. I was like. Did you? Yeah, no. There's one of your Twitter feeds going on. I don't know. It was like a night ago or two nights ago. But I literally put it down, put my eyes shut, and all of a sudden, Twitter's going off like 15 minutes. I'm like, somebody's a little too happy with Twitter right now. It's too late. <laughs> I just finished moving. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Why would you subscribe to Kenny's updates? I think it's Being Kenny's friend, you unsubscribe from all his alerts. You subscribe, but you put it on like vibrate. Oh, it's funny because he's texting me his his fantasy lineup at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yeah. I was getting off work. I I had things on my mind. uh, I was like, is that Lamar? All right, I'll check it in the morning. I really still want to like drop Carry On Johnson for AJ Dillon, but and then you texted him at 10 a.m. and he didn't reply. And, and, and he then he texted you at 1 like p.m. Oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. I just saw this. I know all about it, man. I just saw this. I really just saw it. Like, I went to sleep at 6 and then woke up at 10.30 and I just saw your text. That's his favorite line. I saw it at 6 a.m., but then I went to sleep and forgot about it till 2. I really do. Because I go to work at 1.30 and I'm like, I'm not answering my phone. He FaceTimed me at work. I was like, bro, I'm at work. I think I bud dialed you, honestly. It happens with the iPhone now. I do that a lot. Really? 
I, my, that was an Android thing for me. Well, I think it's sometimes the emergency contacts. Because like uh, my my dad will call me. He's like, you know, you just called me fifteen times. It's like I've heard about ten of your orders already. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> last that last that I was in the back of the kitchen checking my fantasy lineup and just put my phone in my pocket without locking it. <laughs> but first, <laughs> that's why for the last put, three years in a row. <laughs> when you put your phone in your pocket, you got to turn it off. Make sure the lock is on and the screen. You got to put that part facing inward, not outward, because the light, the most sensitive shit, will trigger your phone. And I'm like, oh yeah, wow. but your big ass, that screen's getting sweaty. Yeah, but I pockets on the side of my pants because I'm smart. Uh, hello, caller. What's your name and where you calling from? Your name's Jake Elbogan, and I'm calling from upstate New York. Jake, what's up, Jake? Mister, you D- doing, my guy? What's up, Mr. Downtown Rams, Mr. The Podcast Creator and Mr. Network? <laughs> Mr. No, I'm not getting out of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Press, the 20-year press veteran in the press box at the Senior Bowl. Legendary times. But, uh, absolutely. Mr. Uh, Hung out with you guys at a Waffle House in Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the greatest time? Shout out to Damian Lewis. Well, that was the best. <laughs> yeah, that dude, the oh. chick in the in the green. Was she have all green on? I think she had a green cat suit on at the Waffle House. That was wild. Wow, she put an impression on you, didn't she? Everybody in the Waffle House turned around and was like, "Damn!" At the same time. <laughs> It was. You had to be there. You had to be there. But um, oh. Jake. So hard knocks is over. The Rams, Chargers are getting ready to gearing up for this weekend. But I mean, what's your take on the Rams? Their, their roster, their final fifty three. Yeah. So I think I've had kind of a mixed bag of reaction to the Rams off season, right? So. You know, first and foremost, I understand some of their moves. I disagreed with them at the time. Uh, one being Todd Gurley. I, mm. I, you know, wasn't a fan of paying extra money so you wouldn't have a running back that had the most touchdowns over the last three years in the NFL. Mm. Um, and on top of that, Corey Littleton, who – you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Littleton, and yep. to see him go to the Raiders for pretty much the money they spent on Leonard Floyd, I felt like they totally dropped the ball on that end. But I understand after, you know, after speaking with a few people um, around the team who've, who've been at training camp, what they're going to be implementing in Brandon Staley's defense it sounds to me like it's going to be a lot of nickel and pretty much a third of the time they'll actually be playing a base three, four. So because of that, the linebacker has been kind of devalued in that new scheme. And I think they kind of just did the numbers and, you know, felt as though they weren't going to be able to spend 10 million plus a year on Littleton when they were devaluing his position. So it's been a mixed bag of emotion uh, you know, I again, it's hard to. He's my favorite player in the NFL, and yeah. I just, you know, watching him go from UDFA to, you know, I think he's a top five linebacker in football. 
Um, you know, it was obviously tough to see him go. But then the Rams hit it home in the draft. They had what I would call the best draft I've ever seen the Rams have. Um, they got Cam Akers out of Florida State, somebody that's proven that he can run behind anybody. Um, Florida State, post-Jimbo Fisher era, I'm sure you guys know. Uh, they <laughs> weren't times. a sight to, uh, you know, they, they weren't fun to watch. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way. Um, their offensive line was depleted. Uh, they just weren't getting those same recruits they got during the Jameis Winston era. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, you saw Cam Akers, and he's getting hit immediately when he gets the ball in the backfield. Uh, so, you know, he was pretty much ready at that point, I think, just going through all that in college and, you know, averaging the most yards after contact. Uh, just pretty impressive feat there. Um, you know, he goes in the second round, and then the Rams ended up trading Brandon Cooks, who, believe it or not, I like Cooks, and I said that he got too much blame in the Super Bowl, um, you know, on that on that infamous touchdown or would-be touchdown pass. Um, but I'll tell you guys, I think Brandon Cooks is a one-trick pony, and mm. he doesn't really have a lot of quick twitch. He's more of a straight-line speed guy, and I felt like he could be replaced, and when he signed the contract I was happy for him but when the injuries came up <clears throat> I felt like you know this isn't going to work out and of course the Rams kind of felt that way as well um, obviously with this concussion uh, you know his history and of course he wasn't going to stop playing or anything like that so they end up trading him they get a second round pick from the Houston Texans uh, 57th overall and they draft Van Jefferson a guy that you'll be hearing a ton of if you haven't already Uh, out of uh, Florida. Um, So, I mean, you know, you get those two guys to add to your offense. You get Terrell Burgess and, uh, you know, Terrell Lewis in the third round. Uh, Lewis is having a little bit of an issue with his knee, Um, so he's going to be on the non-football injury list, but the Rams can expect to have him, uh, you know, somewhere week four, week five. And Terrell Burgess is a future safety of theirs. He was phenomenal at Utah. Um, I've spoken with him twice throughout the process, uh, before he was Ram and then after. He's a, a great guy. Uh, he's perfect to add to that roster, the we-not-me mentality. That's literally him. And then the Rams go out and they get who, who I believe was the number one tight end in the draft in Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round, a guy to basically you stash this year. You, you let Gerald Everett build up his stock, so you can either trade him at the deadline or if you don't need to trade him and you want to keep using him, and he's obviously a focal point of the offense, you can boost up that stock and then, you know, less need plays the compensatory pick game. You're just boosting his value, and if you know you're not going to bring him back and it's going to be Higby and Hopkins in the long run, you know, the best you can do is just continue to push Gerald Everett up so everybody sees him around the league and thinks, okay, I'll give this guy $12 million a year, and then all of a sudden the Rams are getting a third or fourth-round compensatory pick. So, um, you know, I like the Hopkins move. They got a guy that I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of coming out of the draft in Jordan Fuller, who he's also another future safety for them. He got a lot of uh, first-team reps when Taylor Rapp um, was, you know, out during training camp. Uh, so he is definitely somebody that I'm excited about. And then Tremaine Ankrum, I think, is going to play guard or tackle in the NFL for a long time. Just seems like a guy that's going to be in the league for 10 years. Um, they stole him in the seventh round, and they got their kicker, uh, Samuel Sloman, 
in the seventh round. So the Rams really nailed the draft. They had a couple offseason, you know, mishaps in my opinion, but I think all in all this roster is really starting to turn out the way it should. And, guys, I think this is a playoff team. I know last year 9-7 and seven would put them in the playoffs in this format. Um, but, you know, last year was last year, and this year I think they they arguably got better. I know that's kind of surprising to hear, but I think they arguably got better this year. Speaking of which, you know, I, I always like having you on this show, Jake, just because, you know, you mentioned Corey Littleton, but I remember when you first came on the show and we were talking about the linebackers, and you were like – yeah, I'm not really worried about it because of Corey Littleton. And at that time, he'd only played limited snaps and special teams. But you called the shot. And even now, you know, every time we talk, it's like you just keep getting better and better. You know, you've taken the podcast to a network. You know, you, you're doing writing, all the above. Like you said, you got sources now. So, shout out to you. But my question is really... No worries, brother. But yeah... Uh, my question for you is, you know, you talked a little bit about just kind of how the, the Rams changes internally. And, you know, you're saying that they could be a playoff team. But when you look at the division, you know, you have the the reigning NFC champions. You have Seattle, which was already up there last year and gave the Rams a lot of problems. And then you have the resurgent Cardinals who made some moves and got a little bit better as well. So when you look at that division, like how many wins do you see within that division? How do you see, you know, your boys stacking up versus the rest of the NFC West? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, You know, I think right off the bat, you look at the 49ers and you have to imagine they're the favorite in the NFC, Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFC West and and in the NFC, honestly. Um, You know, as much as I want to, you know, discredit them because of the 49ers, it's hard. You know, they, they have yeah. a good roster. Um, I do think that they may have fidgeted a little too much with the defensive line, bringing back Arik Armstead and not bringing back DeForest Buckner mm. and trading him away. Look, I'll tell you right now, I saw the guy that they drafted, uh, you know, in the first round. I saw him up close and personal, uh, you know, at the Senior Bowl. And I'll tell you right now, and, and you guys did as well, I mean, he, yeah. he can play. You know, this this is somebody that is a little he's a, a little new to the game of football, but he picks up things quickly. Javon Kinlaw, of course, you know who I'm talking about, and Kinlaw for the long term is going to be special, I think. But I'd be lying if I said, I mean, Javon Kinlaw's ceiling is probably what DeForest Buckner was. So hmm. I, I don't feel like they got better um, compared to last year, and. I look at this team, and right now, you know, with the injuries and everything that's going on, I think that that's a little bit of a problem. They've had a little bit of a, a you know, unlucky spout of injuries with the wide receiver position. I mean, they just went out. Yep. They signed Kate Austin. Um, Travis Benjamin opted out due to COVID. And, like, Austin got hurt. Jalen Hurd's out for the year, somebody I was really excited to see, just as a football fan, not, you know, obviously I'm a Rams fan, so I don't want to <laughs> watch it. I mean, I watched Jalen Hurd at Baylor and uh, Tennessee. I mean, he can play. Um, so, you know, all around, I, I think they have a good roster, but I don't think they're better than last year, and I think that's the opportunity for the Rams. Now, when you look at, like, for instance, the Seattle Seahawks, I've always said, and people disagree with me, Seattle, for the most part, over the last few years, have had an average roster. They've had a roster they could have gone 7-9 and nine or 6-10 and 10 with. Yeah. Russell Wilson and the deciding factor for them. Mm. He has 
basically carried a team that I felt is extremely overrated every year. Um, that's not because I'm a Rams fan. I mean, when you when you look at their team, it's it's not the greatest roster, and I mean they really haven't had a good offensive line. He's just it's a testament to what Russell Wilson does. He's never missed a game. He's never missed a start. So, you know, Russell Wilson is just a phenomenal player, and he you know brings them up. Now they lost um, they they lost uh, Jadamian Clowney. And I know everyone's, like, freaking out. Like, oh, what are they going to do about that? They really like Benson now. They like Alton Robinson, uh, you know, their fifth-round pick out of Syracuse. Um, but I'm just going to say this right now, guys. People are not talking about him. L.J. Collier, he mm-hmm. got so much flack, and the Seahawks got so much flack for picking him first in the first round last year uh, in the 2019 NFL draft out of TCU. I mean, I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I know this guy can play. Furthermore, he battled injury last year, so he didn't really get an opportunity. This is his year, and I think he is going to make it so, you know, he may not be Jadavian Clowney, but he doesn't have to be. I think he's going to fill that void. As long as he's not uh, Malik McDowell. They... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? As long as he's not Malik McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, or... that is such a shame he yeah. really had an opportunity special. But, or but yeah, back I, I hear you there. <laughs> um, but I mean, they they got a guy that I really like, Damian Lewis. Um, you guys know. I mean, uh, I'll tell you right now, Kenneth was literally taking uh, a picture of me interviewing. He got he got the infamous picture interviewing Damian Lewis at the Aston Senior Bowl game. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I like Damian Lewis. I think he'll help with uh, you know Ethan Pochick inside, and then of course they stopped Dwayne Brown. Um, but when I look at this team, you know, I, I like the acquisition. They, they trade for Quentin Dunbar. He's been a little bit of a troublemaker off the field, I guess. You know, everything that went on with him and uh, the Giants corner that just got released, um, Baker. Yeah, but, uh, Baker. you know, I, I think this is a solid team. I have the Seahawks missing the playoffs, though. Mm. I think this this will be the year they miss the playoffs. I know it sounds hey. weird that the seven team, but I do have them missing the playoffs. And um, I think the Cardinals are a team to watch out for. I don't have them making it. I think it's going to be the Rams and 49ers out of the NFC West. Uh, But you gave Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson. I I mean, the offensive line is starting to come together. Now there's there's a defense or at least a a semblance, some semblance of a defense. Uh, so, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I think the Cardinals are a team that are going to be a lot better this year. Uh, I can tell you right now, no game in the NFC West is going to be easy. Um, but I think, you know, the Cardinals are going to be in every game. I think the Rams will, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Rams and 49ers uh, come out of the NFC West and, uh, you know, are on the other side uh, come uh, postseason. And with that, you have uh... – the Rams, I mean, when you look at their offense and the receivers and just there's no set number one wide receiver. And we all saw Van Jefferson just destroy people at the senior bowl. Is he that is he that far behind Cup and Woods, or do you think he might end up either at some point in the season becoming a number one receiver for them? I mean, I think the sky's the limit with Van Jefferson. Uh, the biggest thing with him is route running, and he's just – like, that's the biggest thing for any rookie receiver. If you yeah. can create separation, you have a chance. 
And when you, it, it's a great question, Kenneth, uh, because, you know, when you look at, um, you know, what's going on with this receiver room, you know, you have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup, you have two ones, essentially. Everyone's trying to push Josh Reynolds as like that three that mm-hmm. like is better than a three. I think he is a three, but I think I said it right when they drafted him. Van Jefferson is already better than Josh Reynolds. It's not crazy to think of either, because if you think about it, Van Jefferson is already 24 years old, guys. That that's that is the one. Like, if there's a problem about Van Jefferson, it's the fact that he's too old. But he's not he's not too old, right? But like, that would be the only issue with him. Like, Josh Reynolds is 25 years old. Van Jefferson's 24. Robert Woods is 28, and Cooper Cup, I believe, is 27. So, I mean, it's an older receiver group. But I'll tell you right now. 24-year-old Van Jefferson knows how to run routes. And people point to his production in college and get a little worried. I mean, I don't know what you expect out of a guy that was behind D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, um, you know, all those guys at Ole Miss. And then he transferred to Florida. And, I mean, Florida, the the quarterback play, I think you, you know, us three can agree the quarterback play could have been better. Um, That's a nice way of so, saying it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to be, you know, friendly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we were talking Michigan. Don't get me started with uh, Donald Peoples-Jones and a second-round pick, and he goes in the sixth round because, uh, you know, a guy by the name of Shea, who used to be at Ole Miss, Noticing just forgot a pattern. to throw a football. <laughs> Noticing, a, um, a de- Noticing a definite pattern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. But um, but no, I, I think Van Jefferson has the ability to become a one. The Rams don't need him to. But I think the thing that's cool about McVay's offense, I think all the receiver positions are interchangeable in a sense. Um, you know, having Jordan Rodrigue on our show recently, and she, if you guys are looking for, like, the best Rams reporter, she's on top of everything, and she just got – to L.A. In, in May, I want to say. She used to write for the – well, she still writes for the Athletics. She was covering the Panthers for a few years, and now she's covering the Rams. And she's just got everything. She's got all the intel. She goes above and beyond. So she came on our show and was explaining how um, she felt like they were going to use Reynolds more as a vertical threat. And she's the one that reported that Van Jefferson may have actually passed Josh Reynolds before the season started as the wide receiver three. And I mean, you guys saw in, if, if you saw hard knocks, I mean, you saw he is, he's done a nice job of, you know, working his way up the rungs and, you know, iron sharpens iron. When you're going up against Jalen Ramsey, who I believe is the best corner in football, uh, he definitely just got paid like it. Um, <laughs> yes. it you know, it, it, it definitely helps. And when Ramsey was coaching him up, I, I liked that cool little bit in the season finale of uh, Hard Knocks. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Van Jefferson fan. I already got my bone Van Jefferson jersey, so I'm pretty sold on him, I'd say. So you talked a little bit about, you know, the mix at receiver, and I'm just curious, you know, they, they already announced they plan on using the running back by committee. But, you know, being someone who knows, you know, both watching the game and also a little bit about analytics and stuff like that, how do you see the backfield shaking up? How would you 
mix it up? And, you know, do you foresee a running back by committee throughout the whole year? Or is this just, you know, until someone separates themselves from the pack? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I think the best way I can say it is I think they'll start the game with Malcolm Brown on Sunday night. Mm. And I think what will happen is Cam Akers will grab hold of the carries in that same game. Um, I think you're looking about 18 carries out of Cam Akers when Mm. it's all said and done for Sunday Night Football. Um, Malcolm Brown probably around the 9 to 10 range. And then maybe you get 6 out of Daryl Henderson. But here's the thing about Daryl Henderson. I think they're going to be using him like the Browns want to use Kareem Hunt. Mm. Uh, you know, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Like, I, I think that's how they're going to use him. Um, and that's not to say he can't be used as a regular running back because he was my number one running back in that draft. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of use him however you want. And I think the Rams are going to kind of look at him and think, okay, he's probably a little further ahead than, you know, somebody like Cam Akers in the, the receiving game. Uh, he's also, you know, scheduled to be the kick returner. Um, they did just claim Raymond Calais, uh from – well, they didn't claim him. They signed him right off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad and the quickest pra- uh, practice squad poaching I've ever seen. They signed him about an hour after he got put on it. Um, and he is going to wear number 30. So you, you have to imagine they don't just give Todd Gurley's number out to anybody. So, you know, he might have a role down the, you know, down the line. Uh, ran a 4-2 at his pro day also. So, I mean, this guy's fast. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not even talking about Xavier Jones, who I absolutely love, who made the team over John Kelly, uh, who was a six-round draft pick in 2018, a guy that you know a lot of people watched in college at Tennessee, and they kind of wanted him to be the next Kamara. And I just felt like you know those comparisons were a little unfair. But uh, Xavier Jones at SMU, guys, he would have been drafted in the fifth round, or you know maybe even higher, if you know this class had a fair pre-draft process i mean the fact of the matter is xavier jones didn't get a chance to go to the senior bowl he didn't get a chance to compete at the combine and if you didn't get any of those two things uh you know for lack of a better term you were you know screwed so um (laughs) you know a lot of these guys that didn't make an nfl roster um you know a lot of these guys that are in the practice squad and you know may have been on 53 they didn't get their opportunity to play in in preseason so it really speaks volume guys that Xavier Jones, keep in mind, Sean McVay's been around John Kelly since, uh, you know, t- since 2008, uh, t- t- not 2008, 2018. Um, you have to imagine that Xavier Jones looked really good if he made the team without preseason, you know, as a UDFA. So, um, you know, I think you have a bunch of guys there. And I, that's the crazy dynamic that kind of came of everything. You know, the fact they got Calais. Uh, you know, from the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of changed everything. Malcolm Brown is there to be the solid veteran that is just going to do his job. He's the guy he showed you last year, week one of the season against the Panthers. Um, you know, I believe he had two touchdowns in that game. He was very efficient. Uh, we won't talk about how Sean McVay completely forgot how to manage the football games uh, throughout the rest <laughs> of the year. The running game was, you know, kind of all whack. It was like Todd Gurley got 10 carries and Malcolm Brown got nine. It's very weird. Um, but we've seen Malcolm Brown has proven he can be a starting running back in this league. It's why the Lions, you know, threw an offer sheet at him, um, you know, before they went out and they ended up 
you know, drafting um, DeAndre Swift this year. So, you know, that that's kind of my thought is that Brown can be whatever you need, but Akers has the I-do-everything upside of Todd Gurley. And so that's why I gravitate towards believing Akers on top of him being a higher pick than uh, Henderson and being a more recent pick than Henderson. I think he kind of has the face of the running back room type of uh, title. Um, at least the Rams kind of look at him that way. I think everything that is being done is being done strategically to help him out and get him ready because he is the guy moving forward. Make no mistake about it. Uh, they love him, and, and he's a young back. Keep in mind, he's, he's 21, so um, he's one of the younger uh, guys in the draft class. Yeah, with, I mean, Calais, we saw him at the NFL PA game. He balled out, had big runs, and, yeah, pure burner. Then you have, I mean, Henderson, we're still waiting on the verdict on that, but that's kind of a loaded running back room, loaded receiver room. So the fact that the Rams have all this help on offense, I mean, and they have Ramsey locked down, so that's kind of a big sigh of relief. I'm not really worried about the linebackers. Who has more pressure on them to kind of succeed, Jared Goff or Aaron Donald? Oh, it's definitely Jared Goff. Um, You know, because at the end of the day, Jared Goff didn't have – he didn't have a season last year um, up to par with what he's shown he can do. Aaron Donald is always going to be as great as Aaron Donald is. The only thing that Aaron Donald has um, is that, obviously, he never wants to go back to, you know, the days where he didn't win the defensive player of the year because uh, simply because the Rams weren't good enough for him, too. Uh, he never wants to go back to that again. So, you know, the way I see it, is Jared Goff has shown you in 2017 and 2018 he can be a top-five quarterback in the league as far as uh, from a statistical standpoint. I don't think he makes everyone around him better. I don't think he is a Deshaun Watson or uh, you know a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes that can work off schedule and literally create things that aren't there. Um, but he is a gunsling you know, type of quarterback. He's a gunslinger. So, you know, for me, when you have all those weapons and you have the scheme, you know, people will say, he, you know, he's a system quarterback. I mean, you can't knock Jerry Goff for falling into it, you know, what wasn't a good situation and then became a good situation. I mean, he was throwing it to, to Kenny Britt, um, you know. <laughs> 20 yards of catch. You know, so, I, I mean, and Kenny Britt didn't have that bad of a year. Um but, you know, Kenny Britt, compared to any of these guys, he'd be the fifth receiver on this team. <laughs> like, just think about that for a second. Yeah. So, be a great man, I, I think, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I would take Kenny Britt as receiver five, uh, you know, back <laughs> when he was in his prime for sure. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think Jared Goff, you know, he's shown 2016 wasn't really a fair assessment of his ability. The offensive line was Swiss cheese. And – uh you know, just the fact he came in after the Rams went 3-1 and one and then didn't win a game the rest of the year. Um, he actually ironically came in after they finally won a game. Normally that's the other way around. When you lose, you, you, but, uh, you know, he came in and, and went 0-7. And, and, you know, people forget he showed his ability against the Saints with those weapons. 
that weren't really weapons compared to what he has now. So he showed his ability, you know, in New Orleans. They end up getting blown out, but they they took a twenty-one nothing lead, and that was because of Jared Goff. And then, of course, the offensive line over over the course of that game in two thousand sixteen, they just you know folded. Um, but Jared Goff, that's how I knew. I was like, okay, this, this is why you drafted him in the first round. Uh, this is why you drafted him number one overall, and you traded up. Um, 2017, you know, getting better obviously showed you what he can be. 2018, I think, is when right before the, the Chiefs game, or right after the Chiefs game, is when he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit into 2019. Um, but the Chiefs game, right up until that point, or past that point, you saw the best Jared Goff you've seen. I mean, you guys saw the the 54-51 pretty much should have been the Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs-Los Angeles Rams game. I mean, that that game was iconic. Um, But, you know, Jared Goff after that game wasn't the same. And you saw it in the Super Bowl. You you saw he was – I mean, he'd made a couple, you know, solid, you know, plays against the Saints. But the Saints game, I mean, he didn't – play lights out by any stretch um so i i think part of that falls in the fact i think the bears i think a lot of people already know this but the bears created this this blueprint Vic fangio created this blueprint on how to stop sean mcveigh's offense and how to pressure jared goff and and ruin him and he threw four interceptions in that game sean mcveigh i don't think there's any uh any surprise that sean mcveigh grabbed brandon staley who was on that coaching staff knows that scheme Keep in mind, guys, this this six one defense, and I just saw Michael Brockers talking about this. This six one defense that was disrupting the Rams, and every team started using after the Bears showed everybody showed to the league how you stop the Rams. The Rams have been practicing against this the whole off season. Jared Goff has been seeing these looks the whole off season, and it's been done with Brandon Staley's defense. I do not think by any stretch this is going to stop them anymore. And so Sean McVay, now having that intel, you know, the the inside out about this defense, having Staley on staff, the the rest of the league should be scared of what he's going to concoct, uh, you know, with O'Connell, the new OC, um, you know, in-house. Because I, I think, and I've said this, um, you know, a few times, but for people that don't know, I think this Rams team has the chance to be the best uh, in the most explosive offense in football this season. Even more explosive than the Kansas City Chiefs. Damn. But with that, let me just ask you this. I ask everyone this, but I want to know, what's your worst-case scenario? Because you've been really positive this whole interview. What's your worst-case scenario, and who takes the fall for it? Well, this is funny because the worst-case scenario you would think, based on the way I'm talking about Jared Goff, is that he gets hurt, right? <laughs> but I'm not convinced if, if Jared Goff gets hurt that the season's over because I think John Wolford could operate this offense completely fine. Um, and that's not a knock on Jared Goff. It's more of a testament to what Sean McVay is, um, you know, as – you know, somebody that can prepare for games. Um, on top of that, their talent. And third, I think John Wolford has really done a nice job. Everything I've heard out of camp is that he really wowed coaches. I think coaches were really skeptical 
initially if he could be the number two guy. And they, they decide not to bring back Blake Bortles. And I thought, you know, God. they probably will. Well, I thought they might. <laughs> and um, they didn't. And the reason they didn't, guys, is because there were two guys making some noise in camp. One of them made the roster. The other one's sitting on the practice squad. And he's getting ready for next season to, to swoop in to, and take that number two spot. And that is Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. People are not talking about him enough. Uh, that man, just remember his name because, you know, he has the chance to do something in this league if given an opportunity. But John Wolford, you know, the, the 5'11 guy that, you know, kind of he, he plays like Flutie a little bit. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of an, an old school, like a, not old school, but like a rookie Tony Romo when he was more mobile. Um, Wake but John Wolford at Wake Forest, I don't know if you guys saw that tape. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming it's because he, he was shorter, but I don't know how he went undrafted. I mean, the guy can play, and that was obvious. Um, so I think, you know, hearing that he went up against the number one defense, the, the first-team defense, so they did the, the first-team offense and the second-team offense versus the number one defense, and he scored two touchdowns on them. Keep in mind, scrimmage, I get that, but, um, you know, he was throwing to uh, Van Jefferson and the Simba Webster and, you know, he ended up really making a name for himself, and he won that backup job, which easily could have been taken over by a Blake Bortles or by really anyone. They could they could have gone out and gotten any vet, and they decided to run with Wolford. To me, that says a lot, and I trust him. If, if Goff were to go down, he could take over. So to make a long story short, even though that was pretty long, uh, <laughs> that is not even the worst-case scenario, guys. The worst-case scenario to me is the Rams losing Aaron Donald. Because I think if the if the Rams lose Aaron Donald to an injury, then I don't think they could recover. The thing that makes Aaron Donald so great, or the thing that, that makes the defense good or great or elite, is Donald. You take Aaron Donald off that team, they're not getting that interior pressure. They become a pretty just an, a defense type of defense, right? If you think about it, Michael Brockers, I love the guy, but Michael Brockers isn't, you know, he doesn't move the needle. Aaron Donald is what shatters the dash. You know, he, he's the one that comes in and he makes everyone around him better just because he's so disruptive. And you see it when he wins his matchup, he'll give another guy a punch to help the, you know, his teammate out and break through on his own. So, you know, this is somebody that if the Rams were to lose him, I might actually think the season might be over because their defense is so reliant on Aaron Donald's pressure that I don't I don't know if they would be able to handle that. I know they they absolutely eviscerated the Colts the only time Aaron Donald didn't play because he he sat out for you know contractual reasons in 2017. Um, it was 44 to six, but I, I just don't like you wouldn't be able to go through an entire season without Aaron Donald on your team. Because, keep this in mind, guys, you're still paying Aaron Donald all that money. It's like the idea of when they, they got Goff in 2016. The issue wasn't the fact that they got Goff and he wasn't ready. The issue was the fact that they spent all those picks to trade up to get Goff. So that meant if Goff wasn't ready, you didn't have a first, a second, a third on the field. And so it's kind of the same with Donald. If if you pay all that money to Donald and all of a sudden that $20 million's off the field, 
that hurts. You're out there like, well, you know, we could have gotten this guy or this guy with that money. And you're thinking like, you know, Sean Robinson, we don't know if, when he'll be back or if he'll be back. So, I mean, that would put a significant blow to the Rams. Uh, despite whatever you know, people on Twitter want to say about him being average at uh, stopping the run, he's not. Uh, spoiler alert! Um, but <laughs> if he if he was out, people would realize that he is way. Uh, saying he's average at anything is just totally disgusting to me. But uh, you know, if he was out there, guys, and and you were looking at Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, and and Michael Brockers. I don't care how good that offense is, that defense not having that pressure, you're applying more pressure on the secondary that I think is, is very, very good. I think it, it may be the best secondary in football that no one's talking about. But without Aaron Donald, you don't have that pressure. And the guys on the outside, as much as I like them, I like them, I don't love them. They don't have a Dante Fowler. They don't have you know, a, a, a dynamic outside uh, pass rusher. They're, they are guys that are going to have to be complemented by uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is going to have to help them out. When you take Aaron Donald out of the fray, everyone else gets worse around. And that's the thing. I don't want to see how bad this defense would be without Donald. And to me, that is why, exactly why, that would be the worst-case scenario. And the Rams could end up going about, I'd say, 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight without Donald. Hmm. All right, Jay. So before we let you go, why don't you go ahead and plug your your social channels? Let people know where they can find your work and what you got coming up. From yeah, absolutely. I, as always, you know, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. It's always uh, fun to talk with you guys. And um, you know, you can find me at JK Bogan DTSN. You can find uh, my work at Downtown Sports. Um, well, actually, DT Sports Network is uh, Downtown Sports Network. Um, that's my uh, company. Um, you can find, uh, if you like the Rams, you can find at Downtown Rams. Um, those are on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, and, you know, we've got some, some cool stuff planned. I can't really say much about that. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting geared up for the season. You know, we're, we're going to get some interviews and, and, and things on that nature. Just had uh, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce on uh, pretty recently. So, you know, if you're interested in, in checking those interviews out, you can check those out at the Downtown Rams podcast. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for staying up with us. We know it's late over there. Appreciate you, man. Keep 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 up the great work. And, yeah, man, all love. Absolutely, man. Hey, I, I if it was 3 a.m., I'd still be on your show. Okay? <laughs> I love talking to Paul, and That's I love fun. you guys. So. Can't wait until I'm actually out in L.A. You guys know I'm moving out there, I hope. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be there soon. <laughs> Amen. And we could talk about some Fallout Boy classics. <laughs> <laughs> and trash in and out. <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Sounds good. You guys take care. Peace. <laughs> was like, that was for sure our most awkward ending. I was like, wait, is he gonna hang up? <laughs> no, you hang up first. No, no you, you hang, hang up. up. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, shout out to Jake. He's a real one. Fuck with him. Way back in the day, like I said, he called to Corey Littleton. He really did. 
and uh, Sam, um, Samson too. Yeah, he did. I caught that too. Whatever. No, you you definitely didn't call that. You didn't call that. Okay. You called the Oklahoma guy. Isn't mm-hmm. that the same one? No, it's, oh, a, it's another guy. I my can't. bad. It's like he has like twelve <laughs> letters in his name. For some reason, like I, super for some reason, I always like hit on the Rams. Like I don't hit on any of my mock drafts except for the Rams, like middle rounds. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like who they should draft. They actually finally took them this year. The past two years, it was like, wait, you have holes on your defensive line. You should probably take a D lineman. No, nah, we're gonna take somebody else. But hey, yeah, you got Floyd now. Have what, fun with him. Well, the Man, thing, he's not bad. I forgot that Leonard Floyd is there, and like the fact that they called him like another version of Alden Smith is disrespectful. Ew, no, no, that's reaching. I was like, fam, he like he should have stayed at Georgia. I game. heard Alden Smith is tearing up Cowboys camp. Well, yeah, you got the skill. You got the skill. He's giving um. All world left tackle fits. Like he was literally just everybody on that offensive line. Alan Smith has been a problem. All right, so we got a lot of money to talk about. Whole lot of money. Normally we don't we don't watch pockets over here. But real quick, DeAndre Hopkins signed a two year deal, fifty four point five million dollar extension. He negotiated ninety percent of it himself. In addition to that. His former teammate, former cornerback, Deshaun Watson, also got Porter paid. Quarterback. You said corner. Whatever. He also got paid a shit ton of money. That's, that's another uh, drinking game. Anyways, and he loves to cut me off. Another drinking game. Yeah, you're going to be fucked up <laughs> on the 200th episode. <laughs> Watson signed a four-year, $160 million extension this past week. In addition to that... $111 million guaranteed. Second highest pay is only behind Patrick Mahomes, who Patrick Mahomes beat him tonight. Because the Texans bad. are horrible. Yeah, sounds like they really miss uh, Hopkins already. Looking yeah, at it, because Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks are not world beaters. Yeah, I mean, I, I started Will Fuller. I'm like, all right, they're going to get that long touchdown. <laughs> it's like they didn't get it even close to him down there because he's not. He's you know, Will Fuller's not the time. one. You know, it's yeah, he's a one when you're next. When you have a one, he's a one. He's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, oh, I, I run a 4-3, 4-2, and I'm a pretty good receiver downfield. Okay, well, what happens when you're the number one guy? Well, I'm going to put Tyron Matthew over there, and you ain't going to do shit. Speaking of DBs, Jadavious White, one of the best in the league, he Raiders signed on him. a four-year, $70 million contract extension, including $55 million guaranteed. Also in the defensive backfield, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Jalen Ramsey broke the bank with five years and a hundred and five million, including seventy one in guaranteed money. He's now one of the highest paid defensive players ever until well somebody else gets paid pretty who, soon. Who would be next after him? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. We gotta do some research on that one. It's kinda of too early. And in former Chiefs news, Kareem Hunt signed a two year thirteen point five million dollar extension with the Browns. Which is he going to take over for Chubb or is it going to be like split? It's kind of like when he was the third down back, but he's not a burner. He wasn't a burner coming out of Toledo. So it's kind of weird. Like, okay, you're going to use him for screen games, but essentially Nick Chubb was a better version of him. Yeah. So you really have the same back twice over. 
He reminds me of like Chester Taylor. Once you had Adrian Peterson, you don't need Chester Taylor anymore. Yeah. And Chester Taylor actually had a really good one year for the Vikings. Any other thoughts on all that money that got dished out this past week? Um, hopefully they invest in it and keep it tucked away in case of injury. You know, shout out to my boy Von Miller. <laughs> yeah, and also Jadavion Clowney finally signed a deal. He goes to the Tennessee Titans on a one-year $15 million deal, which to me, like, bruh, why are you going to go to the Titans for $15 million? I'd rather go to the Saints for eight. Because and actually be on national TV and play in the base front. He had his best years under Mike Vrabel. I know. That's what he said. But they also have edge rushers. Like, they're probably going to play him. Boise State guy, Korea. No, he's a stand-up rusher. Most likely. I know, but they already have stand-up rushers. Yeah, but then they have David Amoeba kind of front seven. Yeah, I don't don't really like that move for him, honestly. I mean, I think he just really wanted to. Because now he's going to. He's 15 million. Yeah, that's the money. He wants the corner of the market. If I was him, I would have just taken a 4-3, 10 million, go somewhere, tear it up a year, finally. Finally. And, you know, finally maybe cash the bank your last time. He might do it in Tennessee. I don't know. If they're they're, there's pay a him. chance in Tennessee. There's a chance for some wins there. You know, they I mean they got far last year. I don't know if they'll ever make Tangent. it that far again. Would you rather have Mario Williams or Jadavion Clowney? Mario Williams by far. By far, he he had like almost. You weren't saying this sacks. like three years ago because they in Buffalo they kept they tried to make him a three four outside linebacker and I was like no, he's a four three DN strong side. He will get you ten sacks a year. Just leave it alone. And Buffalo blew up their whole defense the year they had like 60 sacks. And like Jerry Hughes had a bunch of sacks. Um, uh, former LSU, Look. Kyle Williams, he almost had 10. He had like nine and a half. Uh, What's-his-face out of Alabama went off. Marcel Darius, like their whole D-line almost had 10 sacks apiece. And then they switched to a 3-4 and ruined Mario Williams. But we just we're gonna forget he went to Miami and got a huge payday. He was trash in Miami. But everyone's trash in Miami. That's true. Miami's just trash. Is it is Miami trash or the just the environment in Miami trash? Both. Both. All of the above. Damn. <laughs> Taken from T. Shout out to Jimmy Buckets though. Jimmy Butler? Yep. Getting the Miami Heat to the Eastern Conference Finals. Holy shit. I right. mean That's wild. What how, there's not many teams who are like if I had to pick a team to win in a fist fight, it'd be the Heat from top to bottom. But not even just that, Jimmy they Butler draft so you. well. They have such a good culture. They're like secretly the Spurs of the East that nobody talks about. You know, you look at what Cleveland was left with when LeBron left. Stupidity. And you look at what the Heat did when he left. They still made the playoffs. And yeah, they weren't good. Or they were mediocre for those two, three years. But now, here they are back in the Eastern Conference Finals with, (laughs) you know, players. The casual fan might not know outside of Jimmy Butler. But Tyler Hero. Bam, Tyler Hero, none. Did they trade Justice Winslow? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they keep getting really good threes. Like, every year they find a good three. All right, so can we... You do college football in like yeah, but you five forgot, minutes. Yeah, you forgot one though. The NFL fucked the Saints on that Knicks deal because the Saints were trying to do a wild ass signing trade where it would have ended up where Clowney would have 
eventually ended up going to the Ravens. But a bunch of stuff got nixed, and the Saints yeah, got screwed again. It's a Chris I'm Paul good. situation. I'm good. It's a Chris Paul situation. We don't we don't need Jadavion Clowney in the Browns. No, I mean the uh, in the Ravens. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm good. That's kind of scary to think. About. Yeah, that's really yeah. scary. I'm cool. I don't know how that signer train would have worked. Like somebody would have got Davenport. I'm assuming, but then that would have felt like a draw. That would have felt like a draw. Or what's the saying? Like it would have felt like a tie, push, kissing your sister or some shit like that. Whatever yeah, the whole, the whole phrase was. No, nah, it wouldn't be a push. It would just be terrible. That's but anyway, a push is a draw. Yeah, but getting Davenport is less than that. It's like you both lose. But anyway, so college football news. Uh, the arguably he could be the top pick in next year's draft because he's like the some. The Polynesian Joe Thomas, he won the Outland Award for best lineman in general, offense or defense. Goes and grabs a wing during Kenny's college football spot. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. But anyway, makes all the noise. I don't think that's a registered Raider jersey. Looked like he got, never mind. Anyway, so number one tackle by far in the draft, Panay Sewell. Only a sophomore. I think he gave up, like, one sack his entire college career. I'm not even joking. He gave up, like, five pressures. Like, he was a freshman All-American, unanimous All-American last year. He's literally has, like, a Hall of Fame grade approaching him. That's how great he was at Oregon, and that's how he kept Justin Herbert pretty much protected at all times. And a star from the beginning, former five-star prospect. And I think he came out of California, and Oregon keeps losing – Oregon keeps beating the shit out of California for all their best recruits, especially their uh, offensive lineman, who's at modern day. He just signed on to go to Oregon. So, yeah, another one. But Oregon lost three guys. They lost their starting corners, and they lose their starting left tackle, who's arguably going to be the second overall pick in the draft next year because the Pac-12 is losing a mass exodus of players to transfers and the players committing to the you know, committing to the draft, and it's not looking good for the Pac-12. So, yeah, to, I'll get back to that. But for the next college football story, Louisiana Tech versus Baylor got canceled last week. By the way, Miami beat UAB tonight, University of Alabama, Birmingham, like 31-14. to 14. Yeah, their, their turnover gear is trash. I'm sorry, it just is. <laughs> like, for, to, for eight or seven or to six – a six to eight win team, they do have like the dopest swag, but you don't win shit, Miami. No one's impressed. And your video. Did they wear BLM gear? Yeah, they did. But they're. Why does Miami's jerseys look so dope in real life, but on video games, they're trash? But whatever. I disagree, but. Like, when you try to put the team spat, they get the black shoes when it should automatically convert to white. But whatever. That's a whole other story. Anyway. I would get orange spat. Yeah, but you would get orange spat all the way around, but some video games didn't give that option. But anyway, so Louisiana Tech versus Baylor got canceled because of 38 positive COVID tests. Uh, like I said, Tennessee canceled their scrimmage last week because they had 28 guys. Good Lord. Um, just 28 guys on their team who had COVID. They had to cancel their Good Lord. thing, and they're going to play this weekend. Um, there's only six conferences playing. The uh, American Atlantic Independence, like BYU, who just clapped Navy. By the way, Navy didn't do any tackling at all. <laughs> uh, like, 
to prep. They said because they worried about COVID, so they did absolutely no tackling drills whatsoever. <laughs> you played football with no tackling drills. They didn't do any tackling, and then they showed up to BYU and got ran fifty-five to six or fifty-five to seven. <clears throat> but sounds yeah. like they got their mission accomplished early. <laughs> That's me slapping the shit out of you. No. Stop. Shame on you. But yeah, so. Sounds like Navy went on a detour. Like you can leave now. You can leave now. No, you can leave now. You can leave now. You need another chicken wing. Go, go. Shout out to them, Ty Curry. Go, go eat some chicken wings in the, in the lobby. Go bring me in Arizona or something. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so not only did 38, there were 38 positive COVID tests, I think it was just on Louisiana Tech's behalf. Jesus. Um, but Hurricane Laura was going through Texas and Louisiana at the time. So, oh, yeah, COVID pandemic. Oh, and a fucking hurricane. We're going to cancel the game. And the fire. Oh, yeah. And then also, uh, rest in peace, Jermaine Stevens. Uh, he was offensive lineman. He was first believed to be the first known college football player to die from COVID nineteen. He Damn. was only twenty, but now the school's walking back. He went to Cal. He went to University of Pennsylvania, California. If that makes any sense. <clears throat> but yeah, so now they're walking back his death. They're walking back the complications, saying that he probably wasn't COVID. And Colorado, I know Pete, this is going to make Pete really happy. Colorado becomes the first school to sign with sportsbook. So the only school in D1 working with the sports book. Their game, so far. Yes. Their gambling situation is going to be interesting. Uh, also, Utah. So in Colorado, you can take shrooms, go to a game, and place a bet. Indeed. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> so not only that, and as I was talking about the Pac-12, and things are just getting worse and worse, and... Larry Scott's probably going to eventually step down amongst all the cuts. And like I said, the PC3 should still stand. And I'm just saying, if you want me just logistically to be the Pac-12 commissioner, I can just unite all the West Coast teams. It can happen. You can save everybody money, like keep all the branding, just certain sports are the Big West, but all, whatever. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, Utah's furloughing their entire athletic department during COVID-19. Their entire Athletic department. I'm going to say it one more time for those of y'all who don't, who probably didn't catch that. Utah, the University of Utah is furloughing their entire athletic department. Mind you, people are still recruiting. They're playing football in the state of Utah, high school, but not college. There are no administrators. But there's there's nothing. Man, those kids are probably running wild. Apparently the coaches are still practicing Like Whittingham and all them They're still practicing But they fur- they're they furloughing them The story is crazy um, You can read it It's on Bleacher Report but yeah, So Stanford uh, Cardinal Walker Little He was pretty much gonna He was seen as a future first round pick um, So he didn't get to play himself Into the fifth round Like most Stanford tackles Ouch, that's offensive. And <laughs> you jumped the gun. You son of a bitch, you jumped the gun. I don't think he's. I don't think he's Jonathan Martin. for every Stanford offensive lineman who was, who was a three-year starter and projected to go in the top three rounds. And got and his degree. Got his degree and ended up being early. a seventh rounder. But he also <laughs> he tore his ACL last year and missed most of the year. 
And he was coming back for a senior year to kind of redeem himself. But that's not going to happen now because the Pac-12 is not playing football. So, yeah, he uh, foregoes senior year. He's going in the draft. And California Golden Bear cornerback Cam Bynum is also entering the draft. Shout out to Bryce Love. He made the roster. Shout out to Cal DBs because Justin Wilcox has really turned that school around. And Gerald Alexander from our Boise State alum who's the DB coach. He laid a really great foundation there before he left. I think he coaches at Miami now, the Dolphins. He's like an assistant coach. But whatever. Um, Yeah, that's it for college football. Whew. All right, we can do take a tangent and touchdown or turnover real quick. I want to know where the hell our sounds went. Bro, our drops have been gone for a minute. Jesus Christ. Really? Yes. I have them on the hard drive. (laughs) They keep getting taken off. Huh. Some of them are here. Yeah, but like those two are not. Okay. So the only ones that are officially ours. Okay, I see. See what we're working with now. Anyways, doesn't matter. We've fucking started this shit on the phone. <laughs> like, do we need a fucking sound? Yeah, have we gotten like, have we gotten kind of pussified? Like, Trevor Lawrence says he's not an activist, but will fight for social justice. Is that a touchdown or a turnover? Touchdown. Sounds like pandering. Sorry. I thought you were going to say it sounds like school spirit. Sounds like, like I don't want to get bullied when I get into an NFL locker room. No, it sounds like I don't want to piss off some of the white people who might be racist that I know because I'm not an activist. And I don't what want to be Dr. Poli- King say? I, w- I want to be apolitical. It's, wow. It's not the people who it's not the people who are uh, hella, is, hella, hella is, racist. It's not the people who aren't. It's the people in the middle. I thought you were going to say hell is reserved for idle times. I thought you were going to say hell is reserved for not the most evil, but the ones who stood by and did nothing. But yeah, that's that same too. thing. Same, <laughs> same thing. Same difference. Lower level, you know. <laughs> one's in Arizona. One's a Modelo. It is what it is. And that rhymed. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I get it. He kind of wants to take the Peyton Manning route, where he just wants to be a football player and like a spokesman. He doesn't want to mess up his brand by being seen as an activist. Because I get it. A lot of athletes don't want to die on that hill. And in college, you don't want to die on that hill either. Because Pete and I have seen how that goes. Yeah. But on multiple different occasions. We're in 2020 now. And it's not enough to just not be racist. you got to be anti-racist. Especially if you're going to be like. Didn't one of the Paul brothers say that? <laughs> nah, I've, I've Jake heard Paul it said that people. shit. I was like, "But you're scumbags!" <laughs> no, but he said it. He was like on a radio show saying, "I was like, I'm confused because well, I worst agree scene? with you, but you're a piece of His shit." Dog, he can't go to Miami. Well, he well, was in Arizona. Wild. Where's he gonna go? Where's he gonna go? In the first pick, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. You can't go to Florida. Trey Lance. Well, is, I guess you could actually. Trey Lance is yeah. You could. The, you could go the to second Florida, overall maybe. pick and be. No, you better hope the, the Bears. Middle. You better hope the Bears fucking just tell the Bears to tank. Well, we'll see what happens in this election. <laughs> this election is going to do like, a lot of shit. I don't know. Like somehow, well, make Mr. sure Trubisky is the starter. So you make know. sure. No, he'll find a way to fuck it up and like win. He'll bad news bear it into a. Speaking victory. of which, Colin Kaepernick is an eighty-one overall in Madden. Is that a touchdown or a turnover, Kenny? That's a touchdown with a black, uh, with a black panther fist celebration in Madden. Uh, and it's interesting that they did that, like, because it's fair. Like, he but, was around 80 the last time we saw him. 
He wasn't the best, Bruh. but he wasn't the worst. Bro, this but is a blocked punt. Madden returned for a touchdown, Don't. stripped at the one yard line, Don't get me taken started. back to the ninety, and then stripped again. I'm traumatized. This is like four turnovers and one fucking thing. How the fuck? Two left. How the fuck do you make not right play? If you go around the corner. And how times. do you not play for four seasons or three seasons or whatever, and you get a better rating? First of all, two words. Second of all, two well, words. Wait, I'm not done. I'm I wasn't not done. done. I'm not done. Second of all, how is he better than Kyler Murray? Which is the point you brought up earlier. I'm about to get to that again. And worst of all, fuck Madden because they're like, oh, we're gonna take Colin Kaepernick out. Oh, psych! Black Big Lives Sean. Matter now. Let's put let's put EA. Colin Kaepernick into the fucking game. EA. Whatever. The that shit is corny as fuck. Like. No, you don't point. have every free agent in the game. Fine. That was your excuse before. But now you want to make room for Colin Kaepernick? That's fucking corny, bro. Period. And you're going to give him a trivial B grade? Like, oh, here's that hood-ass kid that I like. I'm going to give him a B, even though he's probably a C student. Like, bro, don't trivialize that man's that work. Everybody in college, I'm not saying he's hood, but I'm just saying in general, like you're just you're just giving somebody a grade because like you like them. You're not giving them a grade because of their actual work. Give that man a fucking 73, 72, and call it a fucking day. Wow. Um okay, here's why everything you just said is wrong. First off, like if his team chemistry goes up and he's in the right team, then yeah, I could see him being an eighty-one. But don't put him as an outright flat eighty-one. He's not better, better than Derek Carr, Derek Carr. He is better than. Derek he's Carr. not better than Derek Carr, and uh, I don't even like Derek Carr. But go ahead. His best, Derek Carr never led a team to a Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Neither did Colin Kaepernick. He just finished off a Super Bowl. Their run. offense literally was dead in the water with Alex Smith. But that's they a whole were other still story. a playoff team. Whole another story. They were still a playoff team. That's true, but they weren't a Super Bowl team. Their offense was a dangerous threat. He owns the playoff rushing record. I need you to stop dragging Alex Smith when it's convenient, and then propping that man up when you feel like it. <laughs> I mean, you really need to stop doing that, bro. It kind of works when it works. You need to stop doing that, bro. <laughs> it works when it works. <laughs> like, hey, because you, hey. I took that joke about my foot on the chin. It was funny. It's still funny. I'm going to laugh about it when I get home. And then my foot's going to hurt. You're going to print it on your wall? No. My screensaver, though. <laughs> Y'all heard my foot cracking. You just didn't All know right, it. finish up this call. Well, here's why. Here's why. Madden is trash for ratings in general. Um, how do you explain the dude winning rookie, a guy winning rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, but he is a 77 the next year. He was worse this year coming into Madden than he was last year. So they fucked up the ratings, and then they didn't cross. Clearly somebody who doesn't know culture didn't cross-check or cross-reference anything on Madden because it would have been okay to make him a baseline 81, Kaepernick. But then you have to lift everybody else up who's actually been playing and is better than him, and they didn't do that. They talked about lifting every uh, lifting every boat, but they didn't. So they really just shot themselves in the foot with their shitty ratings. And now it's coming back on them because they tried to do something um, pro-activist and, you know, pro-social justice. But then we realized, oh, yeah, you're also still stupid, Madden. So not only are you stupid, but you botched two things at once. Like, congratulations. You're you're dumb. God damn it. Cam Newton's a fucking 78. Yeah. That's a fucking joke. How did you not know that? It's a fucking... 
This is a fucking joke. It was a joke that he's a 78 in general. How are you going to tell me? He wasn't a 78 me, You're going to look hurt. me in the fucking eye and tell me Colin Kaepernick is better than Cam Newton. I would right say now. Cap. I would say. Stop I would, it. Bro. I would say Cam Newton is Stop an 85. It. I would yeah. say Cam Newton's an 85. If you said 87, I'd be like, all right. This all right. on the Patriots. Take a tangent. Akeem Tlaib, Mr. Snatch your chain. Or adapt. Evolve and adapt. Get your chain snatch. Episode 65. The episode repeat literally the week before hung up on his friend Nick and then came on the air and said, you can call in, but you better not fucking suck. Thus, set a standard. Of like us not having shitty phone callers. Turned down. So Tlaib turned down a contract from the Patriots. He's a Super Bowl winner. Five time Pro Bowler. One of the best DBs in Kansas history. He's officially retired. So do you got to take your attention on the keep Tlaib's career? Um, one of the dopest DBs ever. I will always remember that Mark Mangino. Kansas team that was really good. And won the Orange Bowl. And uh, people always forget it. Jake Reesing was a. They had a decent offense for once in the Big 12. And Akeem Tlaib was just a great DB, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then more and more testing came up. His tape came up, and he just looked better and better the more he played. And he was still great in Tampa Bay, even though he was a headache. And I'm glad that he went on to become an elite corner who wasn't afraid to expose Michael Crabtree for the B-level receiver that he always was. Even Stop. though you thought he was... Honestly, I don't want to call Michael Crabtree a bust, but he wasn't anything special either. Stop. Never he was a slow wide receiver who was a good number two at best. Stop He's not it. even better than Brandon Lloyd. Stop. He wasn't better than Brandon Lloyd. That's don't disrespectful. Look up Brandon Lloyd. That's disrespectful. Is he? Could you do me a favor and Anyways. look up Brandon Lloyd's stats? I just remember I just remember a keep it was a keep to leave, Pac-Man Jones, and the third one was what? Michael Jenkins? The fact that you were was it Mike Jenkins out of South Florida? Yeah. Mike Jenkins out that of was South such Florida. A trash first round for DBs. Those were those were the He those was were the twentieth overall corners. pick. Was Revis in that class too? I don't think Revis was for You know what? Hey Eric, could you Google that? What, what? <laughs> I think Revis was might have been in that class too. Or he might have been around the same time. But yeah, I, I I just remember that about him. And as you mentioned, is he go the, ahead and read off uh, Brandon, beef. Brandon Lloyd stats? Yeah, Brandon Pro Lloyd went out as a thousand yard receiver. Brandon Lloyd was nice, but Had he was also hands. trash. No, he was not. He was also trash. No, he was now. not. He was trash for a bit. Yeah, you're lying. I mean, yeah, for the Niners for a little bit. He had that one game Third where round he tore pick. Up the fucking Raiders. I don't know how to read stats, numbers, and oh, just numbers. Look up here. <laughs> it's a spreadsheet. At the bottom? <laughs> Come on, marketing major. It's a spreadsheet. Don't Wow, don't bully our intern on the air. The yards. So, YDS. Career yards. So, what do we want to know? Yards? All to, yeah, his all-time yards. You got it? It's a... It's probably going to be like the biggest number. Uh, His best season, he had 1448. I'm pretty sure Crabtree never had 1400 receiving yards in the season. So you lost already right there. So yeah, follow that last line. It shows receptions and career receiving yards. Oh, look at that. It's that number right there. Down there. Oh, 15. Oh, 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 oh. Guard to catch. And then that's 15 yards of catch. With Leon Hall. What, 34 touchdowns? I can't see that. No, no, this 36. is. Uh, 36 receiving yeah. touchdowns. And then how many Can yards is the, that um, right there? 5,989. Cool. Now Google Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree. 
Same website. Crabtree only had two thousand yard receiving years. Huh? So so you only had two? And it was like and a how many did Lloyd have? Three. Six almost. Lloyd had six thousand yard receiving. No, he had six career, six thousand career receiving yards. And he had he had one. He really only had one year over a thousand yards. Yes, sir. Four, they're both trash. But it was four, <laughs> <laughs> it was fourteen forty eight. Damn, they are both trash, Loki. Oh, it was DCR. It was DCR. Tommy Rogers, Tlaib, and that was a nice rookie. And year. Mike Jenkins. That was a nice year for DBs. Revis was two thousand seven. That was two thousand eight. Okay, scroll up. So I wasn't that far off. Thank you, scroll Eric. Up to the top. Thank you, Izzy. And I'll type in uh, yeah, Mike Crabtree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Crabtree. He had two thousand yard receiving years. Yeah, but he was like a thousand seventy four. Like his Brandon Jacobs, Brandon uh, uh, Lloyd's best season. He was like the one of the top three receivers in the NFL. Stop and receiving. No, seriously. It yeah, was 14, but he wasn't that good. Go ahead and read that. Okay, he had more receiving <laughs> yards. Okay, I take back what I said. Um. But yeah, even still, he had a better. He had his best season was better than uh, Crabtree's. Homer Simpson backing into a shrub meme. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Moonwalking that one. <laughs> All right, next one. This one's not on here, but I'm gonna go with it. The, so what you're saying is the Las Vegas Crabtree's Raiders Drake and traded away third round pick. Lynn Bowden. I didn't want to talk about this. To the Miami Dolphins. I didn't want to go there. For a draft pick. But they traded Raekwon McKillen first. And pretty much just gave back a fourth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or they got a fourth round pick back. And when they actually could have drafted Raekwon McKillen when he first came out a couple years ago. So. But they didn't. Yeah. Give or take or tangent on that. The Raiders are dumb. Stop drafting developmental players if you're not going to fucking develop them. Period. Thank you. You keep taking these high ceiling players that he's not running back that either. aren't at like a natural fit in the league, which is fine. But if you're going to do that, you got to do whatever it takes to help those men succeed. You can't just fucking take them and be like, oh, this guy doesn't have a position. We don't have a fit for him in our offense. You knew that when you fucking drafted him. Why did you draft him? Why did you draft him? He's a legit receiver, but because but he led the I'm SEC saying, in though. rushing, they thought he could be a running back. And I'm like, how? They had him playing quarterback, too. They had him playing... Like, they had him playing running back, and, and he's a fucking receiver, clearly. And you have, like, four running backs. But that's backs. the thing. That's the thing. They drafted, you needed him, a receiver. they drafted him off the premise that he could do the, all of that, but they weren't willing to let him do all of that. They didn't want to take those touches away from other players, but why the fuck would you take him? He's better than Hunter Renfro. I'm sorry. Hunter Renfro is not that special. He didn't even average 10 yards to catch. Like He's a slow-ass receiver who's kind of quick, and he can run about three, four routes. And last one, now we're having teams talking about the national anthem. Some teams, like the Houston Texans today, have said they're going to just stay in the locker room for the anthem. Other teams, you know, are letting their players either stand or take a knee or whatever they want. How you gonna let me stand? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> they're letting the players do whatever they want. Now, to start this game, both teams had a moment of unity after the national anthem. In which case, the fans actually booed that moment of unity. So, do you got to take or a tangent on that, Kenny? 
America because we're fucking stupid. <laughs> Kansas City. Shout yeah. out to y'all with the black yeah, quarterback. Well, one of the stadiums that actually has fans in there and way to let us down. You know, thank you. First night with Goodell in the house. They're bags. And y'all boo. Like, and there are people not wearing masks. And I'm really interested to see because today was the first day ever that all national sports, NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, WNBA, WNBA all played on the same day. Tennis. So... With that Tennis plays all the fucking time. Let's with that, the NFL now has like even more competition than whatever they have no, before. They no, they don't. No, they, they have don't. more competition than they've no, had they before. The how, NBA how many people? Are, how the NBA is almost were, over. Yeah, but how many people are tuning into the football game than the Lakers game tonight? Yeah, and exactly. the NBA ratings are really down if from I got all a the fantasy Black team matters. I care more about football. the NBA ratings are down like 40% and part of that is all the early ass games but and Giannis some getting of hurt it, some of it is also no they're down for the playoffs they're I know but like restart. Giannis getting hurt didn't help the whole he just got hurt like two games ago yeah but to, had he played and they then lost while he played that would hog up more of the story. Anyways, the point that I'm just saying is there's a lot more attention for sports eyeball there's a lot more People trying to get those yeah. sports eyeballs. You're not just going to get the casual dude just flipping on a game anymore if there's five other sports going on and that person likes another sport more than football. So we'll see how it works out. With that, let's get to the rants. We'll throw it to you first, Izzy. Anything you want to say to the people? Leave them with. Um, go stream Swimming by Mac Miller. It was his two-year anniversary death. Rest in peace on Monday. We t- talked about it a little bit and um, barely a tangent, but that is my man's right there. Um, yeah, I wish he was still here, but his music yeah, will suffice for now. But Hey, shout out to Live Nation. Still hasn't shipped my girl her Mac Miller sweater from January. Damn. She ordered one in January. She still hasn't got it. That's the tax write-off next year, bro. You ain't getting that. <laughs> Eric? Um, so kind of weird, like, you know, moving and everything. My wife and I were finally talking about getting a dog. You know, it's kind of cool. Wow. I don't understand what it is when you're trying to adopt a dog that needs, needs, that has a needing a home and everything that you have to apply for all these and they things. they have to do a home visit. Yeah, and all this stuff. And then if you want to buy a, like, just like a purebred, just fork up the money and here you go. It's like, yeah. you know, like, we're trying to give a dog at home. I've. We've raised dogs and stuff, and these applications are kind of ridiculous. And we're down for tips to, like, raise a dog, which you could use help. But, like, god damn, these applications are fucking for real, man. <laughs> but, you know, that's my, my tangent. We, we, uh, we're we going to go get that dog either way. And, uh, yeah, these applications are crazy. Oh, one, one other thing. My, my wife being English, she saw the Queen of England being in the crowd for the football game. So, shout out to my wife and the Queen of England. Cool, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, man, my girlfriend's also been looking at dogs, and it's like, on one hand, it's like, oh, do I support the mass production of these animals, you know, for profit, or, you know, do I subject myself to this nonprofit organization critiquing my credit score? Exactly. It's like, do you have enough room? What what, what are you planning to feed this dog? It's like, I don't know, Purina? (laughs) Was your credit score recently updated or has it been like this for two months? When you had an animal last time, did you flush it down the toilet? (laughs) Are you a vegan? (laughs) 
Your dog does. Your dog might have a weak stomach. The milk <laughs> might curd their loins. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck up. Yeah, man. So I'll go first. Um, shout out to me for not getting any wing sauce on my New Jersey before officially week one starts. I'm pretty proud of myself with that. Um, <laughs> other than that, man, I still can't believe that week one is actually here. Um, I didn't expect it to go on as planned, but it's happening. So my friends are calling it a session because they don't think that the season will actually be completed. I don't blame them, but I'm hoping for the best because, well, if there's one thing I need in my life right now, I think that's football. So especially being busy, uh, running around with all these teens all day long, like shit, I thought I was needy. Then I got three teenage versions of myself all different. <laughs> well, there you go. Here's your side. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, man, just staying busy with that and excited for the season. So, throw it to you, Kenny. Shout out to Wing Ferno. Yeah, shout out to Wing Ferno. Uh, shout out to Orleans and York. They make the best wild rice. They really do. But uh, to kind of, I hate to bring this to a somber note, uh, rest in peace to a former high school teammate of mine, George Teamer, uh, living in the South Bay. He was only like, I think a year or two younger than me. Uh, a friend of mine posted a story. Apparently he got murdered, um, like I think a day or two ago, 7-Eleven, like somewhere in Long Beach. Uh it sucks, man, because, like, going to Lawndale, there was, I want to say, like, for some reason, class 2012 is, like, super fucking cursed. Like, a hundred people from that class have died. Like, it's insane. In 2011, they had a lot of people die, too. I had people from my class die, but it was, like, car accidents, like, some random shit. Um, But to see that this dude got murdered, this young cat, he was, he was a good dude. You know, he worked his ass off, became a barber, worked at his craft, and he was a damn good barber. He knew what he wanted. He went for it. You know, he's making his money. He was laying low. Uh, talked to one of my teammates. He had just saw him, like, a couple of days ago. And it's like, man, like, life is precious. It's Shit's crazy out here. Like, my grandma is in Oakland right now. I can't even go see her. Um, I was supposed to go see her after I graduated college last year, but... COVID and a bunch of shit happened and just things didn't line up the way they want the way I wanted them to so now it's just kind of like alright I just work and do the best you can but um yeah it kind of shook me like finding out that he got killed especially like someone that you played ball with like that you knew like you shared a locker room like you came up together an extent and then after you graduate and y'all get grown and you see each other still and it's like, all right, I see you, you know, you're still working, you're doing your thing. Um, it's the same. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a crying shame if you don't make it to your 30th birthday, especially as a black male and, and gun violence. And shit. sometimes I'm like, I'm happy to live to 28. The fact that I've made it to 28 is a miracle. Like, my mom actually... Uh, was was I was born a twin. Um, my mom like had an accident, didn't know that 
she was having a kid. She went back to the doctor and was like, doctor's like, you're pregnant, actually. You, you have a twin. It's a boy. So I was like a, literally a miracle baby. Like, I'm not even technically supposed to fucking be here by some medical standards. And, but I am. And it's, it sucks. It just sucks when I hear shit like this. You know, people, good people losing their life over some dumb shit. Over what? Like, over... No, that doesn't make any sense, because he's by himself in a car. He got shot. He's, minding, he's probably minding his own business. As a lot of people do. And... Yes, it's it sucks. Um, just stay safe out there, y'all. Stay vigilant, because it's always some... Like, times are rough... Times are always rough, but it's even worse now, the pandemic. People are looking to scheme on you. People are looking to prey on you. So, like, I had a situation happen to me when I got off work a couple of days ago. This dude was spazzing out on the bus, and I knew he was, like, he was high off something. I knew if I made eye contact with him, it would have been an issue. Like, he was swinging and flailing his hands. He almost kicked somebody on the bus. Now, me, I had something on me, so I wasn't really tripping. I was like, okay, you touch me. Uh, we going at it, but I had luckily enough patience, something I did not have years ago where, you know, at 22, me and him would have been fighting, but at 28, I'm like, all right, I'm chilling. I just got off work. I'm trying to go home. I don't have time to deal with this shit. So just protect your energy, um, and stay safe and vigilant out here because shit is crazy. Like the water, the air looks like shit. Everything's going to shit. Yeah, it's football, but, like, just everything's going to shit. Just find something that um, centers you and protects your energy. Like, I'm happy I got a fucking jump rope in the mail, some black seed oil, and a big-ass blender that I just got uh, delivered to the crib. Bro, you jump roping on your OnlyFans or what? Uh, <laughs> you nasty, bro. What the fuck you gonna do with a jump rope? Uh, jump rope, a stupid. Rope? You mean a hop rope? I'm a jump, stupid. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna do cardio so I can lose weight, and then I got a big ass blender so I can fix my diet. So this is like the last week I'm eating solid food. So fuck you, <laughs> scumbag. Yeah, that's the end of my rant. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Watch Barely a Tangent. Um, we'll see what the episode is next week. If everything lines up perfectly, it'll be the exact episode I want to bring to you guys. But yeah, Barely a Tangent. Um, listen to that. We're going to have some community conversations I'm going to publish uh, later in the week. And yeah, just protect your energy and stay safe out here, man. Shit is crazy. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.